Welcome to Truly Creepy with Brittany and Sarah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Pretty good. It's good. Have a good week. For the most part, I'm sad that it's Sunday. Means back I have to, to work. Back to work. <laughs> back to work, back to school. I'm just kidding. I love my job. I love homeschooling. It just, the weekends never seem to last long enough. They don't, especially when I work the weekends too. And there was another homecoming this weekend. So I was like slammed last night. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm ready to sit back and relax and listen to whatever story you have for us today. Okay. Well, I'm not sure how much relaxing you're going to do because it's not a very relaxing story, but. Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Our brief break from the horrible world of true crime has ended. <laughs> oh, I don't go into a lot of detail on the actual crime in this one because it is pretty brutal. And I will say I will not be using the names of the two people who are in jail because of this crime because they did this to gain notoriety and fame and I don't want to give that to them. So if you're curious, you can look them up, but I'm not going to say their names. I like that idea. I like that. I'm here for it. Yes. So this murder is often referred to as the Scream murder. And the Scream franchise gained notoriety in the late 90s and early 2000s as cult horror films. Most people watching took the movies as they were intended to be for entertainment. But at least two people took these movies as inspiration for something much more sinister. In 2006, two 16-year-old boys in Pocatello, Idaho, I won't say their names because I'm not giving them infamy like they were looking for, used the Scream franchise to try to gain fame and have their names known by everyone around the world. For weeks, they planned what they considered to be the perfect murder inspired by Scream. Wow. On September, yeah, it's... It's pretty brutal. <laughs> On September 22nd, 2006, Cassie Joe Stoddart, also 16 years old, was house sitting for her aunt and uncle at the remote house a few miles from her own home in Pocatello, Idaho. Cassie Joe was known to her friends and family as being extremely responsible, straight A student, and was very trusted. She invited her boyfriend over to hang out while she was house sitting, and he brought along two of their classmates, who, unbeknownst to them and to everyone else, had a death list and one of the names on that list was Cassie Joe's daughter this list contained names of other classmates and friends as well so her boyfriend being there was approved by her aunt and uncle because they trusted her Uh, just so everyone knows I actually believe that her mom is the one who dropped the two of them off at the house okay because they were 16 but neither of them drove yet so The two boys stayed for about an hour and watched part of Kill Bill Volume 2 with Cassie and her boyfriend, Matt, but before the movie was over, they announced that they had decided to go see a movie at the local theater instead and left the home at about 9.30 p.m. Before leaving the house, one of the boys pretended to go to the bathroom, but instead he unlocked the basement door, something Cassie and Matt didn't know that he had done. Matt stayed to hang out with Cassie for a little bit longer, continuing to watch the movie and hang out, but... They didn't realize that the two boys had come back to the neighborhood, parked down the street, changed into dark clothing, put on gloves and white masks that they had made, and snuck into the basement of the house. 
right below where Cassie, Joe, and Matt were sitting watching TV. Oh, no. The two boys intentionally made loud noises to try and lure them down to the basement, but that didn't work. So they found a circuit box and cut the power, thinking they surely would come downstairs after that to turn the power back on, but they didn't. And so they turned on some of the lights when that attempt failed as well. After the temporary power outage, Cassie became nervous and one of the dogs was staring at the basement door and occasionally barking and growling, sensing that something was off downstairs. Seeing how nervous Cassie was, Matt called his mom to try and get permission to stay the night so that Cassie wouldn't be alone and would be comforted by his presence. His mom said no, which honestly, I don't blame her. But instead, she offered for Cassie to come and stay the night with them at their house. Cassie turned down the offer, though, saying that it was her responsibility to stay at the house and take care of the animals like her aunt and uncle had asked her to. At about 10.30, Matt's mom arrived to pick him up, and again, they offered for Cassie to come with them, but she turned down the offer and said goodnight to Matt and his mom, and this was the last time she was seen alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later that night, around 12.30 a.m., Matt tried calling Cassie, but she never answered. So after they heard Matt leave, the boys began to terrorize Cassie more. They cut the power again. Again, they were hoping that she would come downstairs to turn the power back on. Instead, Cassie sat in the darkness on the couch, trying to fall asleep and hoping that everything would be back to normal in the morning. Unfortunately, Cassie's nightmare was just beginning and she wouldn't make it until morning. When Cassie didn't come downstairs to turn the power back on, the boys decided to go up and find her. So they came up the stairs And when they got to the main floor of the house, they started banging doors and cabinets as they moved through the house trying to scare her. One of the boys was armed with a dagger-style weapon, and the other had a hunting knife. As they approached where Cassie was laying on the couch, they made a lot of noise and lots of attempts to try and scare her, but I think she probably was just in self-preservation mode and trying not to react to the noises. Uh, The two boys entered the living room and attacked Cassie where she lay on the couch. They began stabbing her all over her body. A later autopsy would find that she was stabbed 30 times, with 12 of those being considered fatal. Cassie had wounds on her chest, neck, back, and abdomen. She fought hard against them, but with 12 fatal blows, most of which were to the right ventricle of her heart, Mm. she didn't stand much chance. God. After they had finished their attack, the boys left her there on the couch to bleed out and fled the home. Now this part is pretty rough. Cassie's body wasn't discovered until two days later on September 24th, 2006, when her aunt and uncle and cousin returned from their trip. So her family is the one who found her. And at that point, she'd been there for over 24 hours. Oh my God. Since she was killed late Friday into early Saturday. So they didn't discover her until Sunday. And I believe it was her cousin who actually was the one who walked in and they called 911 and investigators rushed to the scene to discover the horrible sight that Cassie's relatives had discovered. I just can't wrap my head around that. I don't even know what, I I have no words. I mean, even after sitting there for a day, day and a half, almost two days, like I can't even imagine what that looked like walking into that. Yeah. And I imagine if 12 of the stab wounds, most of which were to her heart, I mean, there would have been a lot of blood. Yeah, a lot. Just the trauma. I can't Yeah. Mm-hmm. wrap my head around that. 
finding your loved um, one deceased is traumatizing in itself but then having to see it in that form I can't yes. even imagine well and then she'd been there closed inside the house of the animals so they never mentioned anything about that but I mean animals are animals so I mean yeah. I don't know like I don't know how many animals there was the one dog is the only one that is like specifically mentioned so I just and I mean oh, and awful. on top of and on top of that also I mean now there's no one to take out those dogs or the dog at least so mm-hmm. you have her and then you have animals that are having to relieve themselves now yep. in the house so I'm sure that the smell was um very off-putting as soon as you get in that yes yeah sure that was awful mm-hmm. the whole scene I'm sure was awful The discovery of her body rocked the small Idaho town, and it didn't take long for investigators to discover that the last people to see Cassie alive were her boyfriend and the two classmates. Investigators spoke to Cassie's boyfriend, Matt, and became suspicious of him when he didn't show reaction after finding out that Cassie was dead. But I can't blame them. I am always immediately suspicious of the boyfriend or the husband because the husband always did it. (laughs) For sure. But he's also a 16-year-old boy, and they're not great at showing emotions. So I think I would be shocked. I don't know how much emotion I would have shown, but, you know, yeah, it, is, that's... it is a little suspicious that he didn't react. Yeah. So they gave him a polygraph test, which they said he passed with flying colors. Matt told investigators that the two boys from school had also been there watching a movie with him and Cassie. And then he went into the details of all the strange things that happened after the the two boys had left before his mom came and got him. It didn't take long for investigators to zero in on the two classmates. The boys told detectives that they had left from hanging out with Cassie and Matt at around 8.30 p.m. and went into town to see a movie at the local theater. But somehow neither of them could remember anything about the movie that they supposedly went to see. And as Ash from Morwood would say, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to give a story, you know, have some details to back it up. Like, yeah, um, that's a little. I mean, in this sus. case, it's a really good thing that these guys were idiots, but <laughs> yeah. So three days after Cassie's body was discovered, one of the boys led detectives to a stash of evidence that he had buried in the Black Rock Canyon area. Evidence found included two dagger-style knives and sheaths, a silver and black-handled knife with a smooth blade, a folding knife, a red and white mask, latex gloves, and most damning of all, a videotape that contained footage of both killers explicitly planning Cassie's murder. Videotape also included footage of them talking about what had happened after they left the scene again (laughs) they were idiots (laughs) oh my god that is a very loot like (laughs) idiots is putting it nicely yes insane so the transcript of the videotape was later read in court at the boys trials demonstrating how callous the pair was and how they thought that they were going to make history as notorious serial killers. In the transcript, they mentioned several notorious serial killers and being inspired by the Columbine High School shooters and the plot line of Scream, where several teenagers are killed by a mutual friend. So creepy. 
There are no words. How anyone can be inspired by one of the biggest mass school shootings in history in the United States, really the one that started all of them, I have no idea. I don't know either. And the plotline of Scream is supposed to be a horror movie. You're not supposed to actually want to go and kill somebody you know from school. Like that's- Right. It's not like a step-by-step guide. It's just about something that's supposed to be like fun and scary. Exactly. It's not meant as a how-to guide. Right. And they were so cold and like they were all hyped in the video and they're talking about how- that's disgusting like one of them said he was like getting hard just talking about it and the whole thing was clearly they have a lot going on that they hopefully are getting help for now because it just the whole thing is oh gives me the heebie-jeebies imagine no um so both boys were convicted of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder in 2007. They were both given life sentences without the possibility of parole, Good. plus another 30 years for the conspiracy charge. Good. Uh, both have filed multiple appeals, but so far these all have been denied as they should be and hopefully will continue to be. Um, these two were incredibly callous individuals who killed an innocent girl with her whole life ahead of her simply because they knew she would be alone and they wanted to kill someone like in the Scream movies to become famous. Out of all the things in the world that you could pick to try to become famous, that's what you land on? Exactly. Exactly. I have <sighs> no words. Um, yeah, I got nothing. They. It's such a bizarre case yeah and I can't even imagine having to sit in that courtroom and listen to that transcript and then have to listen to the fact that they just wanted to be famous it's so disgusting it's so disgusting it's I could not imagine being the one of those one of her parents and having to sit there and listen to what happened to your poor child all because some stupid teenager just wanted to get famous. Mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, <laughs> they were idiots and pretty much wrote a confession tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much handed themselves to the cops. <laughs> so at least they weren't good criminals, but still an innocent girl died far too young. And I mean, it sounds like she would have gone very far in life. And all because these guys just wanted notoriety. I, I, I literally have no words. I've, I've got nothing. Like, I can't imagine her family, the trauma. I mean, her cousin and aunt and uncle, like. Walked in and had to find her. Yeah. Like, and then I also, though, can't imagine being either of the boys' parents. Oh, my God. I would because be embarrassed. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of times we forget that there are victims on both sides. Mm-hmm. That is true. The parents, I mean, and sometimes you do everything that you can in your power and these things still happen. Exactly. And I can't imagine having to sit in a courtroom and listen to my kid talk about how they were looking forward to killing someone and then how jazzed they were after they had done it. I I just 
you know, it's I, awful. I hear and I see quite often about parents whose kids commit certain things and they stand behind them and they, you know, still, I, I guess in a way support them. I don't know, but especially in a situation like this, where it's literally like, oh, we just want to be famous. Well, and I feel like it's different when I won't say different. In this case, they have the boys on videotape telling exactly what they did. There's no doubt at all they were the ones who did it. So you can't even be like, maybe they got the wrong person. Right. You can't hold on to that hope. Like, you know, maybe this isn't really what happened. In this case, it's like, no, like my kid just is an idiot and wanted to get famous off of some movie and the worst. And then you're questioning every decision you ever made with your kid yeah on how you raise them and every and their parents weren't mentioned in any of the articles that I read so I don't really know where they stand on all of that but I do want to point out that yes Cassie Jo is the one who died and her family lost her but the other parents also had to watch everything fall apart as well yeah I mean their kid is still alive so they can still go see their kid so they didn't lose as much but they still lost a lot they did and like you said it's it's not in a lot of cases it's not their fault I mean sure there are some cases where uh, abuse in parenting and certain things definitely do come into play but I mean, and again, we don't know the background of their families and, you know, their parents and where they come from, but in some circumstances, like it's, it's not the parents' fault. It's just the mindset and psychology behind these children. Some people are just born evil. Yeah. And I am sure. And I believe that. I believe some people were just born evil. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure sometimes things like this, I mean, that would rattle any marriage no matter oh, how strong for sure and i'm sure that there's finger pointing and blaming and guilt and a lot of repercussions on their relationship and because of what their children ultimately decided to do i'm sure there's finger pointing and yeah i'm yeah it's it's traumatic for both sides yes And a lot of people, like you said, do lose sight of that because they just see the kids as these horrible, horrible people, which they are, but they also have other people attached to them too, just like the victims do. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I just, I hope they continue to get denied their appeals until all their appeals run out Mm -hmm. and that they have to stay where they are for the rest of their lives. I mean, they were young when they went in, so I hope they live to a very long age inside those four walls. Yep, me too, because that's just absurd. They shouldn't even be able to appeal. They literally have them on camera committing to it. There should Mm -hmm. be able to have have no appeal process for that when it's literally like... I mean, you have it's not even just a confession, like you have it recorded. Yep, but I mean, that's how the justice system works, so... Yep. They have unfortunate constitutional rights there that unfortunately can't be overlooked. So that is the horrible case of the murder of Cassie Joe Stoddart. And it was short, not sweet, 
Sorry about it. I'm really regretting um, dressing up as Scream when I was younger now. I mean, you can dress up as Scream and not be a horrible person. Uh, maybe true, true. Um, yeah, so. This is just a PSA to anyone. Horror movies are not a how-to. Horror movies also, are not. Maybe make sure your kids know that they're fictional and you're not supposed to live out. Yes. Exactly. Plot line in your own life. And it doesn't matter how old they are, because I do know of some children that were in, I say children, young adults that were in high school that couldn't tell the difference sometimes between like real and fake, or oh, is this based on a true story? Or even some movies say that and it's not true. It's just to give an extra like ooh factor or they're based on a true story but lots of liberties were taken <laughs> yes exactly it's all dramatized they're movies they're for pure entertainment not to say that real life is not much scarier than the movies because it is very true but when you're watching these things like you think you, we need gotta to realize. make sure we are making our kids aware that yes this is not how you live your life exactly and also that the movies that they're watching are appropriate to their like mental capacity age and not just their actual age it might say pg-13 but can your 13 year old actually handle that movie exactly exactly yeah very important Oof. oof so on to happier things um by the time that this video or this podcast comes out, we'll already have had our live. Yes. All right. And so let's take our predictions then. How do you think it's going to go? Awesome. Of course. Yeah, me too. Duh. Me so too. We will have already had that and you will be getting geared up for our Halloween episodes, which I'm really excited and we we have something super fun in store for uh my next episode which will be my last one before Halloween. So I want to and I think we're probably going to do this put the actual video onto our Patreon because it won't just be this background that we're used to seeing right now. It's going to be something a lot cooler. So if you want to see the full Halloween special and where it's going to take place, head on over to our Patreon, become a patron. It will be available for all patrons. Happy Halloween. You can search Truly Creepy and you can find us and subscribe. This is just one of many perks that you would get being a patron. We also have our Twitter, which is at truly underscore creepy we did just have our first live event which went amazing and speaking that into existence speaking (laughs) it into existence it it was awesome and so hopefully that is going to be the first of many so make sure to follow us over there we also have our instagram at truly creepy which we post other promotional videos and just behind the scenes stuff and pictures and updates and anything you would ever need that is also linked to our facebook which is truly creepy podcast with Brittany and sarah it has about the same information so we don't really like using instagram you can go over look at the facebook we post updates for each episode 
you can like us over there, or you can just email us at trulycreepypodcast at gmail.com. We have almost enough listener stories to go ahead and do that full episode. So I cannot wait for that. Make sure to like us on those social medias, follow us, rate us over on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, any place that you listen to us that you can. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. It helps us be seen more and others be able to listen and learn along with you guys. So that's very, very good for us and everyone. So if you could do that, that would be wonderful. I think I got everything. I think you got everything. Woohoo! So we will talk to you later. Bye!